Praise God. I want you to open your Bible to the book of Psalm, chapter 147, this morning. Psalm 147. And when you find it, if you'd stand to your feet, please, I'd appreciate that. I like to hear the rustling of the pages. If you're a screen flipper and you're getting the word on your iPad or your phone, I don't have a problem with that either. Uh, Jesus still loves you. As long as you're getting the word, that's the main thing. Now, here's the thing. I'll say this. For me, I couldn't do that because I'm like, I, I chase squirrels and I've, I'm, I have ADD, I'm almost certain. So when I, if I'm looking at my Bible on my phone and like a Facebook notification pops up and stuff, that, that gets me messed up. But if you, can, if you can look past all the notifications and read from your device, God bless you. I uh, don't know where all that came from. I'll just give you that for free. Squirrel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Psalm chapter 147, uh, verses 1 through 4. It says, Praise the Lord! Exclamation mark. Everybody say, Praise the Lord! For it is good to sing praises to our God, as we have this morning. For it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted, binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Father, we just love you this morning. Holy Spirit, you are the preacher today. You're the, you have the message. I'm only the messenger, and I just pray that you would speak through me today with the anointing power of the Holy Ghost. God, that this word would heal. God, that it would do a work to encourage us to warn us to comfort us all that we need individually in our souls let your word tend to that healing today we pray in jesus name and everybody say amen amen Amen. all right you can be seated thank you this uh scripture obviously gives us a glimpse into the heart of god in the sense that we find how much god values every one of us individually he talks about knowing number one how many stars there are though we can't count them God knows exactly how many stars there are. He knows exactly where each one of them are. And he has named each and every one of them. It means that God has a, uh, a special place in his heart for every single element of his creation. Uh, and if God would take the time to know and name every star, which is just a, a ball of gas, you know, light years away or, or whatever, how much more does he care for and love those of us as human beings that he has he knows the hairs that are on our head right he knows our names and uh, he knows our hearts and so we catch a glimpse into the fact that God cares so deeply for each and every one of us and he recognizes as he looks into our hearts he sees our wounds we don't people don't always see our wounds wounds come about from a lot of different ways sometimes we are wounded uh not and I'm not talking in the physical sense although that obviously applies uh but in a spiritual sense, sometimes we are wounded because of our own actions. Sometimes we jam our toe because we decide to get on a skateboard at 47 years of, of age, you know, and stuff. So, hey, I, I applaud him. Great. I was going to give him a hard time this morning, but I knew the whole motorcycle accident would come up in conversation. So I, uh, but sometimes, you know, the wounds, and I'm actually not going to talk so much about the wounds today as much as I'm going to be talking about the scars that come from those wounds today. But all of those wounds that we go through are of our own doing. Some of them are decisions that we've made in our past that have brought a wound. Uh, And many of the wounds that we faced in life are not of our own doing. Somebody that has hurt us and something, a situation or circumstance that has come along beyond our control and it leaves, it wounds us so deeply. Um, 
but and as much as Jesus and he's promised throughout his word as he does here that God he heals the brokenhearted he heals the wounds so that we don't face that same pain every day but those wounds still leave a scar many times in our life a scar is a is a future reminder of a past wound right if you look at it from a natural perspective a physical scar when you look at a scar on your body it instantly takes you back to the moment of pain that caused the scar, right? So every one of you, I've got a, I know for me, I've got a scar right here on this middle finger. It goes right now, I can show it to you. It goes right down through here, and I remember exactly, when I look at that, I remember exactly how I got it. I was playing with some old camera or something, uh, and I, there was an edge on that camera, and I sliced my finger. I've got a, a scar on my leg right here, and when I look at that scar, and it's a big old wide one, I was at Glendella's house one time, long, long time ago when I was a little kid, and she dad, you know, stabbed me with a knife. No, not really. That's not true. Uh, we were playing, uh, although I wouldn't have put a pastor back then. Uh, we were playing kickball out in, her, in the field. This is when you lived in that house over by the nursing home many, many, many moons ago. We're playing kickball in this field, and there was a stump that we were using for first base. And so, you know, being the athlete I am, I kick the ball, and I'm rounding first, right? And so as I'm rounding first, little did I know, there was no rusty nail uh, sticking out of that, and I just it come across and, and gashed my leg. And to this day, I got a great big scar. So when I, when I look at that scar, I don't usually notice it, but when I do notice it, it instantly takes me back to that moment when I got the scar, right? They remind us of the injuries, whether it's from our own bad decisions or, or not, um, that help us to hopefully avoid making those same decisions in the future, right? So I, I read, uh, Kelsey got me a book for Father's Day. It's uh, by Carter, um, Carter Gaines. Some of you know the show Fixer Upper, and he, huh? What did I say? Chip Carter, his middle name's Carter Gaines. That's where I got myself. Chip Gaines wrote a book, and, in the, and it made me, th- I thought of this when I was studying through this message, that he talks about a wishbone. He's got a wishbone-shaped scar right in the middle of his forehead, and uh, he was riding a four-wheeler, and he said he was always kind of a daredevil and, uh, you know, kind of liked to push his limits, and if somebody could do this, he could do it better. And he, ends, he jumped a four-wheeler, like, off of this cliff. And when he did, he wrecked it, and his head, he hit a, a rock with his forehead, and it, you know, caused this gash. But the reason I bring that story up is because he said afterwards, to him it wasn't no big deal. He was wounded. He's got this cool-looking scar now. But he said he'll never remember being in the hospital as they stitch him up, looking at his wife and their, their first baby boy that had just been born, and he suddenly realized in that moment that he was living for more than just himself now, that he couldn't, you know, chance and risk things because now he had to take care of this this wife and this little boy. And so him, it was a turning point. So he said every time he looks at that scar now, it reminds him of the day he grew up, basically, and reminds him of his responsibilities. So that's the nature of a scar. Wounds will heal, but scars are forever, and they serve a purpose. See, God designed our natural body uh, to mend itself. It's really a miracle if you think about it. I mean, if God didn't build into us the ability for our body to mend itself and to heal, I would still be bleeding from, from, that, from that wound today. I mean, every scraped knee from everybody, we would all just be a bloody mess because we would never heal. But God knew as human beings we were going to fall off skateboards or wreck motorcycles or, or, or whatever. He knew that we were going to have injuries and wounds, so he made us that we might heal by, itself, by ourselves naturally. But the injury... He also allowed for, for scarring from that injury to remind us that we're not invincible. Amen? That we are human and that we, in many cases, have to use sense and in many cases realize that 
Now, and I'm, again, you've got to understand this morning that I'm not only... There's different aspects of this. And so it's going to apply differently to, every, to different people. Many times we bear scars because of bad decisions that we've made. Physical scars, mental, emotional, spiritual scars. And many times we bear scars because of ways that people have hurt us. But God's the same regardless. Amen? God will heal the spiritual wounds that our sins have caused or the sins of others have caused. Uh, but the consequences for those, those sins still remain. How many of you understand that this morning? Say amen. God will heal, he will forgive, he will restore us of all of our failures, but the consequences for those sins continue to remain. And they leave a, a, a spiritual, emotional, mental scar, and sometimes a physical scar. I don't even know that sin is very hard on our body, even. The, the law of reaping and sowing was invented by God himself, right? Physically and spiritually. Man makes laws and then we change them when they don't fit our desire anymore, right? When that law doesn't fit me real good, we'll just change the law. But see, God's laws never change, ever. God has set laws into motion, and nothing will ever change it. The, there's a, the Scripture says that forever, I'm paraphrasing this, but it says forever there will be seed time and harvest. What does that mean? It means that as long as this earth spins on its axis, until the day that Jesus Christ returns and God destroys this earth with fervent fire, until that day, anytime you take a seed and plant it in the ground and put water and sunshine, that seed is going to grow into something that bears a fruit that inside that fruit has a seed that you can plant in the ground that will grow up and bear fruit. You get the point. God created a law of reaping and sowing. You plant and you pluck, right? And nothing is ever going to change that in the natural. God established the law of gravity. Nothing is ever going to change that. Anytime I jump off a roof, I'm going to fall to the ground. God will not change his law. And that same concept applies when it comes to what the Scripture tells us is that we always reap what we sow. Meaning that when we veer off from the will of God and we decide to go our own path and, and sin against God, that's always going to bring consequences. Always. Does God forgive us? Absolutely. Will God restore us? Yes. Can God uh, change circumstances? Can He use our sins for good? Yes. But the consequences, the scars of our past decisions still yet remain for god to compromise on that god would have to compromise himself his integrity would be in would be in question if he was to go against that law of reaping and sowing now our physical scars are viewable to other people i can show you those scars other people can see them but our spiritual scars our emotional scars from that come from doing battle with with Satan and sin and self and they're they're not visible to other people but but those are the scars that are the most painful for us I mean my, my leg doesn't hurt anymore I mean I've got this scar from a physical wound but it doesn't hurt anymore I mean I look back at it now and I kind of laugh but I bear I bear in my spirit and in my soul some spiritual scars from sins that I've carried in the past that are still very painful to me you can't see that but I know it's there. Maybe you can look back. There's an instant scar. You can think back to sins that you've committed, and that creates pain in your life. Or maybe you got a scar in which somebody has hurt you very badly, and when you think of that, that's far worse than any physical scar. And you can paint a smile on. You can put a mask on. Nobody around you can see that scar, but you know it's there. 
becomes, becomes very painful. But here's what, here's the, the encouraging part of this all, folks, is that even though we get scarred, folks, we don't think about our scars every day. Do you? I didn't think about these until this, the Lord laid this message on my heart. We have a tendency to pick up and carry on with life. You know why? Because God is faithful, because God is merciful, and he enables us to take one more step and put it in front of the other. Those scars are just there to remind us to keep us from going down some of the same paths. I want you to think about Samson for just a second. You know the story. Samson was a man that God, during the times of judges, that God used in a mighty way. He, was a, he had an extra human strength in which he was able to, whereas one man, we can only baby fight one-on-one, he could take on a thousand men and defeat them. And this strength that comes straight from God, but it, it came, God said, gave him long hair, and, and the, the source of his strength was in that hair. And he was used of God mightily over and over and over again. But, but Samson was a human being like the rest of us, and Samson had weaknesses like the rest of us, and Samson began to compromise little by little like, like the rest of us have done, and he began to compromise his convictions of what he knew was right. And you begin to see a pattern in Samson's life in which he sinned a little here, and he sinned a little there, right? And he just gave in to the point where... He come to the point where he compromised his hair. I'm not going to go through the whole story, but Delilah cut his hair off. His strength was gone now. He finds himself literally defenseless against an enemy that comes in, puts him in chains, and the enemy did something so horrible. Not only did they capture him and put him in prison and chain him, they literally gouged his eyes out. I can't even imagine what kind of pain that would entail gouged his eyes out and then tied him to the mill and just made fun of him day after day. They'd have big parties and bring Samson in, tie him up, chain him, and they would just make fun because they had defeated him. So the scars of... Samson obviously had physical scars of blindness. You could see, I mean, you can imagine what your eyes would look like after your eyes had been gouged out. And he, he had to deal with those, those scars for a long time. And those physical scars were visible to other people. People would look and see the sockets of his eyes. They could see that scar. But the scar that people couldn't see was the emotional, the spiritual scar in which Samson, every day, his blindness, his scars were a reminder of how he had failed God. And that was far more painful to Samson than, it, than just losing his eyes. Can you imagine what it would be like to be the strongest man and know that not, not a person in the world could defeat you, you got God on your side, and suddenly now you, you have no eyes, you have no strength, you're, you're literally working as a slave for your enemies and to realize that the only reason you're in that predicament is because of the decision that you made. Man, I've been there. Maybe I, Have you been there? I've been there. And that's a, very, that's a very difficult thing to deal with. Every time Samson would open his eyes, every morning open his eyes where he used to be able to see, he'd open his eyes and now he couldn't see. And it would constantly remind him that he failed God. It's a hard thing to deal with. But despite, and here's the message, despite those scars, both physical and spiritual, Samson found the faith to press forward anyway. He found the faith to trust in God's mercy anyway. You remember the story. He's, he's in there. They're, they're having a big party. They're making fun of him. He's, he's chained up, and he asks a young boy. He said, would you please let me? I want to lean up against the pillars, the posts that literally held the building up. And so he has a little boy lead him over and he, and he, where he can grab a hold of these pillars. 
And in that moment, in his absolute lowest moment, he looks to God again. Amen. We can always look to God again. If you don't hear anything else I say this morning, I want you to hear hear that. We can always look to God again. Scars and all. He trusts God. He, He cried out one more time for God's mercy. God, I'm sorry for the way that I failed you. I don't make any excuse for it. I don't blame anybody but myself. I bear these scars I recognize because of my own doing. But God, I pray now in this moment that you let my strength return to me. (laughs) Folks, when you cry out for mercy with a humble and sincere heart, can I just let you know this morning that you're always going to get it? And his strength began to return to him. Because see, sin weakens us, but repentance strengthens us. And he bears down and he, he pushes these pillars and the entire building comes crashing down on all of his enemies. And the scripture says that he actually defeated more Philistines that day. In that one act, he defeated more of his enemies than he did in all of the battles that he had done before. Amen? He experienced, literally experienced the greatest victory of his life while he bore and wore the scars of his past. Sure, we got the scars, they're there. But they don't keep us from being effective. They don't keep God from using us. Amen. Scars and all. Greatest victory he'd ever experienced. We find that same thing happened with David. When David sinned with Bathsheba. And he'd failed God miserably. And we know that. And God forgave him. God restored him. But God allowed for a scar. To remind David. What was that scar? What was was it that David had to deal with? Yes, God forgave him, but there were consequences. What was that scar? The scar was this. God said to him, the sword shall never depart from your house. What did that mean? It meant that David, because of his actions, was going to have to battle problems with his children for, for generations. And when you read throughout the story of David, there was one son in particular, his name was Absalom, that literally was out to kill his father and take the throne. David was running from his, for his life from his own son. The sword will not depart from your house. There will be consequences, that law of reaping and sowing. And so David, can you imagine now, he, he used to, he lived in the palace Used to, he slept in nice, comfortable beds. Used to, he had servants that would put the spread out and he would eat anything he wanted. Used to, he could drink from the, from the wells of Bethlehem. But, but now he's finding himself in caves. He's finding himself not having all the food that he needs. He's finding himself running from his life. And th- th- that was a scar to him. It was a constant reminder of that bad decision he had made in the past. But... Though his sin caused him pain for many years to come, because David had a repentant heart, and he was just honest with God, and he repented of that sin, God restored him, and God enabled him to move forward, and David became an even greater king, really, than he was before. A king that was covered with the promises of God. You know what the greatest promise God made to David was? That Christ, that the Messiah would come through his lineage. What a promise. Scars and all. Despite David, despite your scars, despite your failures, I am still going to bring Christ to the world through you. I'm a standing testimony this morning. Many of you are. We're all scarred. 
Yet through, yet despite our scars, despite our past failures, today Jesus is still brought to the earth through us. We're proclaimed to a lost and dark world through our failures, through our weaknesses, through our humanity. God doesn't call perfect people to preach the gospel. He doesn't call perfect people to go to church. We're all scarred. And despite those scars, God said, I can do some amazing things through you. Sure, the scars are there, and we think about them every once in a while, but the scars, that we, we, just, we just have to realize, you know what, well, I think that we could, what we should do is rethink this thing. Maybe we should think about it like this. Rather than seeing a scar or, or thinking about a past failure and, and it reminding us of how bad we were and the decisions we've made, maybe we could let that scar be a reminder of how great God heals. Amen? Think about how hard that was and how bad that felt. But God worked a healing in me. God was faithful to me even when I wasn't faithful to him. God was faithful to me even when people weren't faithful to me. God's always faithful. Our scars, if nothing, should show that. God created us to heal. Amen? The promises of God, folks, are not for the unscarred. The promises of God are for the scarred. Jesus said, it's not healthy people that need a doctor. Jesus said, I didn't come to this world to save people who were already saved or people who were holy and people who were perfect. I came to this world and went to the cross to save people who are broken, who are messed up, who are scarred, who are sinful. Those are the ones I came for. Hallelujah. Folks, if Jesus hadn't said that, if Jesus hadn't made that point, you and I would have not much hope. Amen. He wanted to make it very clear. He's not near as hung up on our past as we are. He's not near as concerned about where we've been and what we've done as he is where we're going and what we're going to do. He's way more concerned about that. Paul struggled often with the reminders of how he persecuted the church. There was a, there was a scar there. You know, Paul went into people's homes, Christian homes, and drugged them out by the hair of their head, children, women, and all killed some of them, put them in prison. And then, and then when he got saved and he come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, he always had that seared in his mind. It was somewhat of a scar to him. Many people think that was the thorn in his, the thorn in his flesh that he begged God. I don't know. It doesn't really express what the thorn was. But we do know we can gather throughout his scripture. Paul considered himself to be the chiefest of all sinners. He just have, can you imagine what it would be like to have, you know, in your mind, pictures and reminders of of little children and women and the screaming it just it, it it ate at him but but god said to him my grace is sufficient for you hallelujah your your past failures and your your scars don't have to be what defines you as a human being now we're not we're not uh as christians we're not former addicts we're not former alcoholics. We're not former, former um, you know, players and womanizers. We're not former anything. We are, we are clean in the eyes of God. There's not like this type of Christian, that type of Christian. We are all cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ exactly the same. We are not defined by the sins of our past. We're just not. In man's eyes, we will be. But in God's eyes, we're not defined by our scars and by our past. We read an instance where Jesus was having dinner with some very spiritual, spiritual people that were leaders of the church. And during this, this, this course here, a woman, a sinful woman, a harlot, 
a woman that used to sell her body for money, that, that in society, well, of every nature, was considered to be maybe the lowest of the low, the worst kind of sin, right? And this woman comes in and she recognizes who Jesus is. She recognizes that he's God and she, she's repented of all that. She's put that whole life behind her. And she knows that the only reason she can put that whole life behind her is because of this man, Jesus. And she comes in and with weeping, she gets down and she anoints his feet. She weeps on his feet. She wipes his feet with her hair. She is so humbled that Jesus would take the time of day to even know, even know who she is is let alone forgive the sins that she's committed she's so overwhelmed by the mercy of god and these holy men say well if he knew what kind of woman she was he wouldn't be letting her touch his feet like that she bore a scar that people could always see right she was defined she was labeled by man from for the rest of her life as a harlot and she couldn't get past that. There was nothing she could do to get past that and change people's minds. The covering thing is that Jesus didn't see her scars. He saw her heart. He didn't see the condition of her past. He saw the condition of her present. What's her heart look like right now? And that heart was repentant. Sin zaps our strength, zaps our joy, takes things from us that we dearly love. But repentance restores. Repentance strengthens. Hallelujah. Repentance gives us, gives us the ability and the power to go forward. Amen? We're not scarred. God don't see our scars. He's healed our wounds. Those scars are just there for us. They're not for God. God doesn't see them that way. Hallelujah. Jesus saw her heart. He said, man, you guys haven't done near this kind of stuff for me. Did you know that scarred skin is tougher than unscarred skin? It really is. It's tougher. Maybe you, this scar here, that was, this is the whitest. I mean, it's just it's like leather. It's just as tough as it can be. Scarred skin is, is very, very tough. Calluses up and can be tougher, actually, and stronger in that place than it would have been had I not had the injury. Our failures can actually become a strength to us. Did you know that? Our failures can become a strength to us. As we come to despise our sin, it has less of a hold on us. The sin itself causes so much pain, and we come to the point where we hate it. We hate the sin. And God says, the more you hate it, the less of a hold it has. The scar, it becomes a toughness in which, you know, that, that temptation, he said, with the temptation, I will make a way of escape. With that sin, I'll enable you a pathway out of it. The scars are tough. It becomes a strength to us in helping other people who are facing the same things. I, I don't think, and, and I, I say this all the time, and I, I try to teach you guys this, that I don't think we should ever waller in the past. We just shouldn't. Don't, don't even give a thought when Satan tries to bring up, and when you try to feel guilty. Let me tell you something. You don't have, I'm going to say this, I don't know if this is for somebody, but the thing is, you don't have to repent over and over again for the same sins in the past. You know that. You don't have to say, oh, God, I'm sorry for that. I'm so sorry the way I did. I'm so sorry. It's all under the blood. God don't say, okay, well, that, that prayer of repentance is only good for 30 days. I'll see you then. It's, it's washed. It's washed away. And so we should never waller in our past and grieve 
over past sins. Yes, we learn from them. And it help us to keep from making those same mistakes. We should never grieve in them. Walk, walk past them, forget them, put them behind you. But I believe that we should use those past sins. I believe that we could use our scars to help other people who are wounded right now from those same wounds that we've had. If you can take, if you can take a, 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 let's say a failure on your part, a sin of the past, and there's a scar there, but you can use that to help other people avoid it or help other people come out of it, then it makes it somewhat seem worth it. I'm not going to say it's worth it. You don't ever want to go there. But I'm saying that God can bring something beautiful and good out of something that is ugly and bad. Amen? So we use those. And this is kind of what Peter did. I mean, when Peter denied Christ, it left a scar. I mean, he denied Christ just blatantly and openly. Not once, not twice, but three times within just a few hours. Denied that he even knew Jesus Christ. And he just, when it was all said and done and that rooster crowed, he just could not believe he had done that. He did exactly what he said he would never do. And he went out and the Bible says he wept bitterly. And later we find where Jesus just, I mean, the next, the next encounter that he has with Jesus was never brought up. Jesus never brought it up. He didn't say, told you you'd do that. He didn't say, well, Peter, you know, you denied me, but, you know, we'll, we'll give you a little probation period and see how it goes from here on. It was never brought up. Jesus comes in and he says, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Right? I mean, Jesus just forgave him. Jesus just restored him. But you know in Peter's mind there was a scar there always thinking, how could I have done that? But this is what Jesus said to Peter. He said, when you are converted, in other words, after you have sinned and you've denied me, and after I've forgiven you and after I've restored you, he said, strengthen the brethren. Strengthen. Use that scar, use that failure to strengthen and to build up your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, I mean, the first 300 years of Christianity was brutal. I mean, you didn't go to church like this. For the first 300, I'm, 300 years to become a Christian was to literally put your life in danger. The church was persecuted like you and I cannot even fathom. Oh, they made fun of me because I'm a Christian. That is not persecution. These people were literally beheaded. They were put up on a pole, doused in kerosene, and lit as a street lamp. They were placed in the Colosseums with wild lions and beasts just for the pleasure of spectators. The Christians were horribly persecuted. And so every Christian, there had to be the temptation to deny Christ. I mean, yeah, all this Jesus stuff is great, but man, when it comes down to it and the rubber meets the road and I'm having to maybe give my own life, there were many people in that same boat that Peter was in having to decide, do I, do I hold and cling to Christ and lose my life or do I deny him and save my skin? It was the battle of every Christian in the first 300 years. And Peter was able, because of his scar, was able to come along and say, look, I've been there. I know it's hard. When, when, when push comes to shove and you're in the middle, I know it's hard, but trust me, God will restore you. Maybe he's, maybe he's dealing with some, some of the, uh, the, the disciples or some of the other followers that had had denied Jesus. Uh, they say, and then they feel so terrible. They're like, I just, in the heat of the moment, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, and Peter could come along and say, look, Jesus will forgive you. He, he restores you. Don't lose hope because you've got a scar now. Amen? 
That scar became a strength to Peter. It became a great ministry tool for him. It's no different for us. Don't waller in your past. And don't go around telling everybody about it. We don't have to tell everybody about it. Those, those lepers, the leper by law in the Old Testament, when they would meet somebody coming across the street, would have to say, I'm a leper. They would have to declare to the people around them their own uncleanness. They had to say, I'm a leper, I'm a leper, so that everybody would stay away from them. But the second Jesus would heal a leper, they didn't have to walk around saying, I used to be a leper, I used to be a leper. No, they're clean now. Amen? They were brand new. The skin, the Bible says it was like a baby's skin. They didn't have to declare the, sin, the, the uncleanness of their past anymore. They were new. We ain't got to go walk around t- talking about it, but when you come across somebody who's, in, who's there, God will give you the grace. Let me tell you something. You'll have... When you, when you have a scar, you can be so much more compassionate with people. I, I, don't for, I wish to goodness I had never sinned. I really do. I wish that when I got saved and, called to, and was called to preach, that I would have never sinned after that. That I would have be, I wish that I was absolutely perfect from that moment forward. Because sin is never good. And we should never desire it we should never make light of it but i can say this that after times of some of my greatest failures i have been way more compassionate with people who have failed god than than i ever could be before that's a true story we're all in the same boat amen now and say, well, that stinks. I'm going to have to put up with these scars forever. The only way to get rid of a scar is to get a new body. Amen? Scars are forever. We'll have them forever unless we can get a new body. Amen? You say, well, how, how do I go about doing that? Well, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and I'll show you. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 40. Paul says there are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind and the glory of the earthly is of another there is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon another glory of the stars for stars differ from star in glory so it is with the resurrection of the dead what is sown is perishable or corruptible according to King James what is sown or what is what is planted is perishable what is raised is imperishable and he's talking about our body he's talking about when we die and this physical scarred body goes into the ground that's not its final destination and all of you that are glad for that shout amen that is not its final destination it will raise again but it will raise new hallelujah it will be raised a different kind of body an unscarred body it goes into the ground perishable or corruptible but it comes up incorruptible unperishable it is sown or it's planted it goes down in dishonor <clears throat> excuse me go through puberty all over again right there my voice grew. <clears throat> it is sown or it's planted in dishonor the scars that bring dishonor but it's raised in power it's raised in glory 
Hallelujah. I lost my spot. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. The only way to get rid of scars is just to get a brand new body. And that's coming soon enough. Amen? Those scars aren't going to go with you to glory. Are you glad about that? When, when this body drops off, so will all of the scars and all of the painful reminders of the past, everything associated with it. Man, let's keep this in mind. The only reason that we will be able to leave our scarred body for an unscarred body is because Jesus left his unscarred body for a scarred body. Amen? Jesus had it made and was, was perfect. He left a spiritual state in which there was no scars, no pain, left that to become scarred for us so that we, despite our scars and our sins, might be raised incorruptible one day. Hallelujah. Might be raised to walk in the newness of life that we might abide with God. Isaiah 53 and 5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Because of his scars, we can lose ours. Amen? And in the, you don't have to turn there, but in the 20th chapter of John, after Jesus has been crucified, and the disciples are still kind of distraught, and they're all gathered together in this one room, and they're trying to figure out what to do, and Jesus appears to them. It's out of the blue. And the Bible says that he showed them his hands. He showed them his side. Jesus showed, one of the first things he did when he gathered together with his disciples was to show them his scars. Whereas our scars are, you know, our scars are made from, his scars weren't made from his bad decisions. They, were, they came from our bad decisions, right? But whereas our scars remind us of our sins against Jesus, his scars remind him of his love for us. So when Jesus showed them his scars, he wasn't saying, look what you guys did to me. He was saying, look what I did for you, right? Hallelujah. You guys are all scarred. You, some of you denied me. Some of you sold me out. Y'all ran off. I get it. You're scarred. You're, but here's what I want you to see, that I'm scarred so that you can be freed from yours, that you don't have to live in condemnation and guilt for the rest of your life because Jesus restores. He forgives. He, he lifts us up, and he makes us new again. I can only imagine what it's like for Jesus when he, uh, Jesus is constantly drawing mankind. In this service here today, anybody that's, that's in this place that's, not, that's never been saved, Jesus is drawing you, okay? He wants you to be saved. He wants you to repent of your sins and be healed of your spiritual brokenness. He wants that desperately not only in this church but he looks over the entire world his desire is that everybody be saved and so when when somebody rejects christ they reject his offer they resist his drawing and they turn away and refuse him and jesus looks at his scar knowing that he got it for them and yet they reject it i believe that's more painful to him than the cross that gave him that scar to begin with breaks the heart of Jesus when people don't accept him, when people walk away from him. And so the invitation is open here this morning to all of us. 
bring your brokenness. That's, that's the invitation Jesus gives. Bring your brokenness. Bring your scars. Bring your pain. Bring it to me and let me deal with it. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand this morning. They're going to sing a special.